Welcome to the number one South Asian radio station in North America. Ruckus Avenue Radio. I'm a doctor, a father, an American, an Indian. I've had conversations about life from every angle, and as I've navigated the South Asian experience, I share stories of people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and on this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, I'm joined by retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel and former Presidential AAPI Advisory Commissioner, Ravi Choudhury. Stay tuned. Hey there, just a quick reminder to follow us on social media at MyGoodFriend and at Ruckus Avenue Radio. And if you're listening on radio, happy Monday or Tuesday to you. If you're joining on podcast, thanks so much for subscribing. And please tell your friends and everyone else out there to do the same. Okay, listen, enough of that. Let's get this episode going. I'm so very, very grateful to have several members of my family who have a strong military background. One of my granduncles was a colonel in the Indian Army, with another uncle and his wife serving in the U.S. Army, an uncle who served in the Marines, and my cousin who recently returned from serving in Afghanistan. Beyond just their will and courage, for me, their stories are a source of proud inspiration and instill an amazing spirit of resilience and innovation. So it was simply exciting and just awesome to chat with Ravi Chaudhary about his personal journey and his experience. Ravi's a now retired lieutenant colonel in the Air Force and served as a jet pilot and an aerospace engineer. His service and leadership transcended into the administrative world as senior executive service with the FAA and the U.S. Department of Transportation. But his commitment to his heritage as the son of Indian immigrants and a Minneapolis native are duly highlighted as he served on President Obama's AAPI Advisory Commission, developing close relationships with many, many leaders and mentors along the way. Listen, if you were ever looking for someone's glowing achievements in combat, innovation, technical skills, and civic engagement to inspire you, look no further than his LinkedIn page. I promise you, it's just simply awesome. So we caught up for a conversation about his journey as a South Asian American, about patriotism, innovations, and lessons from highly positioned mentors. And I asked him to share his one signature activity or achievement that he's most proud of. If there's one thing I could probably say that I thought was the funnest, it would be flying jets. Uh, to be able to wear the flag of your country and flying jets for your nation, uh, particularly when your nation asks you to, to uh, serve in a time of war, time of comp- uh, combat is uh, probably the uh, proudest thing I've ever been a part of uh, next to uh, my family and my kids being born. That's about as amazing as it gets. And I'm so curious about that one, the, the honor of that moment and the ability for that to really inform your you know, subsequent experiences in that way. You, you've been through so many different kinds of incredible scenarios and backdrops and and the specter of even, you know, serving your country uh, through flight and, and those experiences. Did any of those very profound and life-changing things, in fact, prepare you either personally or professionally for the pandemic? You know what? If there's one moment in my life, uh, probably it occurred in high school. Uh, it didn't occur at the Air Force Academy or, or in flight training or, or, or downrange in Iraq. Uh, it was straight from my mother who said that in life, if you do your duty, 
the rest will take care of itself. And, and she told me that uh, as a young teenager. And to me, those values uh, were what carried me throughout my career. And the, and the funny thing is, so, so I go to the Air Force Academy and, and, and arrive there and they give you this book. And I think I have this book with me right here. It's called, it's called The Contrails. And you've got to memorize all these quotes in there. Uh, and, wow. and all these uh, ideas and concepts about air power. And you typically sit around holding these things in front of your face while you're at attention. And yeah. there was a quote in there, and it was a quote by Patton. And you'll never believe what the quote was. The quote was, if I do my full duty, the rest will take care of itself. Wow. So, and, you're, and so your mom point, and Patton share that, that thread. If I had a choice between uh, two people to go into combat, Patton or my mom, I'd take my mom. Uh, uh, every day and twice on Sunday. Twice on Sunday. You got it. Absolutely. Because uh, there's nobody that's tougher in this world that prepared me for the challenges that I would meet more than my mother. Being a Minneapolis native, the son of Indian immigrants, I'm curious about whether or not that's ability to step into the unknown, to face challenges in in a certain way with, you know, without fear, um, with a lot of courage does that continue to drive how you solve problems now? And and combined with, you know, the military thinking, frame how you look at problems maybe differently than than others. I think so. Um, you know, our, our um, secretary really, really believes in bringing innovation. Uh, and I'm talking about the Secretary of Defense, really wants to focus on bringing innovation into the Defense Department, which is a huge bureaucracy. Um, yeah. and, and so that takes... Uh, not only folks that come from a, a similar background, but folks that come from different backgrounds. So we want uh, the full range of worldviews and, and innovative ideas, and that comes from different upbringings. And so he's made diversity a priority in the Department of Defense, and I think that's fantastic. I think we're going to see the gains of it uh, very, very soon. But, you know, you know, how do you become a believer? How does how do I become a believer in this concept? Well, I think you need leaders and you need pathfinders that are around you uh, and, and make you believers. My pathfinder, um, besides my mother, was my brother. Yeah. So, so uh, a lot of folks may or may not know that my older brother, one year older, Satvir, was the first Asian American elected to the yeah. state senate in Minnesota. And uh, so he was always on the political side and always uh, kind of on the uh, straight, narrow military side. But we would always have these conversations. And so during law school, you know, we sat down at lunch one time and he said, you know, I think I'm going to run for office. And and I looked at him and I said, what? You got to be out of your mind, man. What are you doing this for? And and running, you know, your name, your last name is Shottery and you yeah. live in Columbia Heights, Minnesota. How is that going to work out for you? Right. Uh, and, and he said, no, no. And, and I said, and I suggested, maybe you should go to a district where there's other Asian Americans, uh, yeah. more Asian Americans. And he's like, no, no, I think, I think things will be fine. Um, I've, and he, and he really gave, uh, gave this, message to me with a lot of conviction. Uh, and he said, you know, a shottery can do just fine in this community. This is mm-hmm. my community. This is yeah. where I grow up. If I didn't have the faith, faith in the people around me, why even live here? And right. so, and, and so uh, I, you know, I was like, okay, all right, well and good. Uh, he lost once and then he won at yeah. the age of 26. And then he won again. And then he got elected to the Senate and then he defended that. And yeah. so 
um, I never doubted it again after that. So uh, I think when you have pathfinders like that, that, that surround you, uh, you know, uh, it really makes, makes your pathway uh, a little more possible. It's, it's resonant. And I'm curious, because of that confidence that it takes to actually run for office or the ability to lead, and then to also seek the counsel of family members, trusted advisors. Did that play out for you when, when you were also serving and, and helping to steer some of the conversations for White House Pass uh, with President Obama or um, any of the work that you've done uh, previously with the White House? Yeah, absolutely. When I was uh, a commissioner for Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, we focused on the DOD diversity uh, issue quite a bit. That was my primary portfolio. Uh, and, and that was quite honestly one of the reasons that I was brought onto the commission. Um, I, I was hanging out in the Pentagon, uh, doing my job as, as a busy Pentagon day goes. And, and, and I, I saw this pamphlet and, and I opened up the pamphlet. This is the chaplain. And it turns out there was a Hindu service. At, at the Pentagon. Wow. Well, I'm like, well, man, I got to go check that out. <laughs> so I show up and the three gentlemen are there and they're running the service there. Yeah. And and it's a Hindu uh, service, a satsang that they do once a week. So I started going and I said, you know, we got to have a Hindu chaplain. And he said, well, we've already gotten permission. We just need to go out and recruit one. So that's what started kind of a story of establishing the first Hindu chaplain in, in the United States military, we got that program going. Um, and, and to do that, you need to get a lot of permissions, a little bit of bureaucracy, and but you gotta have the will to do it. You gotta, you know, as I tell folks, you know, kind of the football analogy, you gotta keep those legs moving, keep those yeah. legs moving uh, and, and good things will happen. So that's what we did. And, and uh, you know, lo and behold, uh, a, 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 you know, a few months after that, somebody from the White House said, hey, could you come and, and give us a quick little brief on that. And, and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Uh, <laughs> next thing you know, uh, you get a phone call saying, hey, would you like to introduce the uh, first lady at the um, White House Diwali? And there you are. Next thing you know, you're in the East Room introducing um, uh, Michelle Obama. And she's saying hello to you. Thank you for all you've done. And you're like, well, right. thank you. You know, I haven't really done that much. You know, you're you're the first lady. And so pretty um, amazing moments like that steer you in past. But the reason they put that stamp on it is to make sure that 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 now that you made that first step, it's time to get others involved. Yeah. Get uh, grow grow a group of folks that that can carry the torch for the nation and and and, and uh, carry us to the next level. And so it was just a great honor, just humbling every single day. You're like, what am I doing here? You know, this is crazy. You know, and it goes to show you what one satsang could do to change the uh, trajectory of so much to to follow that. Speaking of of changing the trajectory, you know your family is got a very rich military background, and in that spirit, what did their legacy? I mean, particularly your grandfather's legacies teach you about being an officer, about being a military pilot, about both the creativity and the gravitas that's maybe you know involved. Yeah, you know, um, we come from a, our heritage is the jots. Uh, in India. Uh, and, and so um, two things we're known for is our directness, uh, but we're also uh, farmers, but we also uh, turn our plowshares into swords. And we're from uh, the uh, military class as well. Many of us serve uh, my uh, grandfather and my 
father's side served as a chief of police. My grandfather on my mother's side uh, served as a major in the Puna regiments, uh, and he served in Africa in World War II, uh, as well as the um, Chinese border wars. And so I kind of have an artifact here as well, too. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, so this is a shell uh, that he gave me that, that uh, um, it's a 75 millimeter shell that is actually uh, an ashtray. And so uh, he, he kind of, you know, uh, he gave that to me uh, when I was in high school. And I was, I was keeping it on the, at the top of my shelf uh, to remind me of uh, the heritage of my family, um, the importance of service and the importance of doing your duty. Uh, again, it comes back to, to those core values that, that always fit so well. And, and uh, um, you know, integrity, service, and ex excellence were the motto of, uh, of, of our core values in the Air Force, but they weren't much, weren't too distant from the values that my family taught me. Well, and along those same lines, your, your parents really setting the tone then for a career in service, your brother obviously i know you your sister is also quite engaged you know these kinds of you know values and and characteristics for you throughout your career is this import of values and culture so critical to to developing your leadership and and therefore also making you more empathic to the people that you lead you're spot on because i think as a leader you have to understand that everybody has a story and, and their story is very deep and very rich, regardless of, you know, uh, w whether you're Indian American, when you come from Minnesota, Mississippi, and, and you serve in various capacities across the nation in, in all the communities. Uh, you know, I served in Texas, Alabama, California, Georgia, Florida, you know, uh, New Jersey. And so you get to see a little bit of everything. And, and one of the things that, that always struck me is that the patriotism that runs across every little community that you, mm. that, that you get to know when you, when you live, uh, so close to them. Uh, and, and, and understanding the stories and history is one of the, the bright spots of, of service. And, and, and I think your empathy does grow because you start asking folks, uh, about the challenges they face in their communities uh, and and um, uh, the 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 ups and downs of of life in in a northern community or uh, in in a southern community, and you get a feel for uh, the fact that you know your day may be different from somebody else's, uh, and, and so you strive to understand it every single day in order to be a better leader. You you know, would you say that being a South Asian American from Minneapolis mm -hmm. has in fact improved or enhanced your outlook of patriotism, particularly in 2021? Is it important to call that out in saying that that, that makes you even more of an American patriot? I think so, you know, but it doesn't come without its challenging points, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't always easy to show up in high school at the basketball court. I played basketball. And so, you know, it wasn't always easy to show it up with uh, curried walleye uh, smelling from your from your shirt. Uh, right. But I tell you what, uh, it taught folks, it taught folks to learn about your culture and, and that you shouldn't be uh, sidestepping it or hiding it. You should be sharing it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, at my retirement ceremony, I was talking my talking with uh, the, the general officer uh, that presided over my retirement. And we were talking about how we want to do the ceremony. And she's like, hey, hey, Robert, why don't, you know, 
you know, you got that thing called Bhangra. What's that Bhangra stuff that's going on? We got to do something with that. And I said, all right. So instead of the traditional military music, when you enter as the, as the detail, as the retirement detail, why don't we come into Bhangra drums? Uh, so so that it. was a, an amazing a way to express who you are as a leader and a patriot and none more demonstrative uh, of the importance of diversity in our military. And she loved every minute. She thought it was great. Uh, she started general and she said, this is going to be awesome. And so right after that, we had somebody play country music uh, and, and play live country music. Um, at my wedding, we had, you know, the traditional Indian Bharat come in on a horse, but yeah. we did it through a military tunnel of swords. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, and so the mixture of culture, it was not only Bhangra, but we also had a mariachi band because we were in San Antonio. Yeah. So it's a mixture of all of our cultures that I think carries our nation to new levels and, and, and really demonstrative of, of our democracy. And, and so just something that uh, I've always been proud of. And I would encourage other folks uh, to, to make sure you bring your authentic self uh, to, yeah. to your workplace, to wherever you serve, if you're working in a business, bring your authentic self every single day. And, and the rewards are endless. As someone who absolutely believes and thrives in that principle of, of making sure that we're constantly blending and we're constantly taking into account who we are to then take the tradition and make it so that we grow with it and we, we make it evolve. What, what do you say to those who, and particularly I imagine in the current, uh, not the current zeitgeist, but at least the zeitgeist that we've felt over the last couple of years, what do you say to those who are really sort of rigid in in that traditionalism or rigid in saying no the definitions of patriotism are are like this how, how do you uh, combat that conversation well I, I'll, I'll give you a little story of of a mentor that uh he's a mentor to many uh but uh on one particular day he was telling us a story of, uh, of mentorship that I think is particularly relevant. And he was a pretty senior person. He, yeah. he would go around and meet other heads of state. And, and uh, uh, when he meet other heads of state, one, one, of, one such head of state asked him, um, what is it in that magic black box? What is it in that box um, in America that allows you to constantly remake yourself? Yeah. Well, my my mentor answered uh and, and he said and he said well two things one it's the continual disdain for orthodoxy that's just the way we are as americans we don't appreciate orthodoxy we like to change and grow and then the other thing which i thought was really really important is is the second reason he posed to that head of state which was it's very simple it's the endless waves of immigrants that come to our country, bringing new ideas, bringing new concepts, and, and sharing it. And, and, and that sharing results in, in what we call e pluribus unum, that out of many, we are truly one. That's the core yeah. of who we are as a democracy. Uh, and and uh, now I can share who that person was. It was our current president, Joe Biden. Uh, oh and, and when he tells that story, it is it is unmistakably his because in it, he brings out the values of who we are as a nation. And, and, and not only that, sets the, sets the direction for where we want to go. 
And so you mentioned the current zeitgeist, and, and I think um, uh, Americans, uh, regardless of our political uh, persuasion, worldview, that we are at our best when we're doing things together. And, and, and so I expect that we will see more of that in the future. We do have challenges, but we do it through community engagement. It doesn't necessarily take um, hundreds of politicians in Washington to change our nation. It really comes down to the little things in our community. Uh, for example, you know, just spending some time with somebody across the road, you know, you're mowing the lawn, checking out how things are doing. And, and that came out during COVID. And, and you know, is, is that outreach, that blend of, of constantly questioning orthodoxy, that wave of immigration, if you will, even the, an immigrate, immigration of ideas, for that matter, <clears throat> is, that, is that the secret to innovation? Is that the secret to constantly, you know, creating new things? I think you were showing me earlier a, a piece of rocket fuel that that you you had been responsible for in some yeah, ways. But, yeah. You know, is all of that is that the sentiment and the spirit around that innovation? I think so, and, and to me, I think you find it a, on on the um, uh, on the cusp of, of three important concepts. One, science. You know, of course, we know science. Is is core to innovation, you know. Yeah. But then you also want to bring in the arts, um, or that creative blend. If you think about Da Vinci and uh, um, and, and how they brought their brand of innovators uh, to to bear, um, and, and so science, arts blend together. But let's not forget our culture, who we are, our moral values, and our makeup. Even our um, even our our religious background on a secular basis, um, those ethical um, uh, roots or values or what what you bring together to do good for the world. And I think that's the heart of innovation. Okay, but my first job as a lieutenant in the Air Force was launching Delta II rockets, and we put up the GPS constellation. So I don't know if you've heard of GPS, most people have, um, but that was the first time we were finishing the constellation and making sure it was effective, but we didn't know what it was back then. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out that GPS now steers just about everything we do. Uh, our phones, our banks, our economic, economic systems all depend on global positioning system. Um, but there was one point in the program where where we thought that we could do better. And, and I'm going to show you this little cube here. It's like a green cube. Yes. Uh, it's not the Tesseract. What it is, <laughs> is a, is, you see the graininess. It's it's a um, slice of rocket fuel. Yeah. Uh, and it's solid rocket fuel that goes, lines the inside of an upper stage rocket. And um, that, uh, that graininess that you see can also develop problems. You can have cracks and voids on the inside of it. So we developed a, a, a way to detect them and, and, and fix them. Um, but the heart of the discussion was, do you bring a values-based approach to solving these problems? I think at the time, not everybody was convinced that we should be looking for them. We had 100% uh, launch success with that particular rocket. So why change? Yeah. Um, well, we made the decision not to change, and then sure enough, four to five years later, we had a string of rocket failures that resulted from not being on top of your game, not constantly innovating, you know, kind of getting flat, if you will. Yeah. And, and in that lesson, I think it taught me that it's important for us to make sure we're always, uh, like I said, keeping, keeping those legs moving and, and pushing towards the future. And to me, I think um, uh, science 
the arts and our cultural values are a huge part of that. And, and I want to come back to a warm, very warm story that you, you shared with me the last time we chatted about then Vice President Biden and now President Biden, who I think shared a, the, a coin with you. And, yeah, and I, was yeah. so, I, I was so moved by that story. You want to share that with our, our listeners because it, it has such impact when it comes to you know hope. And, and I'm just curious how moments like that matter for yeah. both those leaders and, and for the leaders that they bring along with them. Well, I mean, I think regardless of the party that you're in, you know that sometimes elections don't go your way. Uh, and as you know, in 2016, uh, the election did not go uh, in the way uh, that we wanted to. And, and uh, I'm a Democrat. And so uh, and it was part of the administration. We were all wanting uh, the Democrats to win. And it didn't go that way. Um, and, and it was it was a tough, tough loss. Uh, and. And so uh, one of our last Diwali functions, um, Vice President Biden, uh, you know, brought everybody over and, and uh, uh, there was about a hundred of us in the room. And we we're all we're, we're all feeling the weight of of that loss. And it was tough. It wasn't it wasn't easy. And and, and you know, when Joe got to the podium, he kind of just put his his, his um, uh, prepared remarks to the side and, and just kind of talked to us. And he said, you know, um, I know how you're feeling right now, um, but uh, but sometimes things don't uh, go your way, and and we know that diversity matters. We know that um, equality matters, and, and just because the other team won doesn't mean that wasn't re that was rejected. And, and he really, really um, uh, you know, spoke to us in a way that was uh, you know, didn't lament the moment. He was very hopeful and said, listen, we've got to take a look at what we need to do in the future uh, if we want our nation to be successful. And, and, and he asked us to be introspective about it. And to me, that was really, really important. And at that point, you know, later on, I, I got a chance to connect with him and, and give him a big hug. And, and he thanked me for my service. And and, and, and I knew that that he needed to be our next president yeah. after after spending that time. And, you know, I stepped back and and right after that, he kind of leaned back and, and he said, and he thanked me for my service. And he kind of gave me this coin uh, just to say yeah. thanks. And, and man, it was just, you know, just one of those moments again, you know, those moments in your life. You're like, what what is going on? This is crazy. You know, uh, Joe Biden just gave me his coin. And said, thank you. You know, it, stuff like that just blows you away. Um, but. Uh, you know, you look back on it and, and uh, um, you, you just rededicate yourself to making things better. And to me, I think that's been the core uh, of my service. You know, you always uh, you get to that mountain and then, you know, something happens and it doesn't necessarily go your way. Um, but you keep moving, stick with it, keep uh, keep serving and, and, and doing your best to bring change to the nation. And to me, I think that that's what uh, brings a lot of fulfillment to my life. Ravi, with with this entire kind of backdrop of all the things that you've experienced, your accomplishments, the situations that you've been in, and also the kind of warm moments like that, what are you optimistic about going forward now? I'm optimistic about my neighbors. Uh, you know, uh, re regardless of, of what our nation uh, holds for our nation in the future, I know that that I'm going to be there for my neighbors, and yeah. and they're going to be there for me. And, and, and that, that responsibility, I think, rests uh, on my shoulders, uh, mm -hmm. on your shoulders, yeah. uh, and the ability to do the little things in life to make sure that, that uh, we're safe in our communities, that, that we're giving everybody a fair shot uh, to achieve their dream 
uh, and, and building a sense of kindness. And to me, I think that elevates our, our worth as a nation um, and, and, and our ability to, to do good in the world. And to me, that's the core of, of what I believe in, in and am hopeful for in the future. Uh, I'm also optimistic about it. Uh, and, and I really believe uh, that that trend will continue going forward only if we all work for it together. And it's obvious that those who are around you and those who are continuing to, to experience all the things that you bring to the table, um, we're all grateful for it. Thank you again for your service. Thank you again for everything you do. I hope you'll come back and, and join us again at some point as well. Aubrey, thanks so much for having me. It was fun. You know, typically you don't get a chance to just kind of take your jacket off and, and uh, just do some real talk for a while. So I'm really thankful for you. Thankful for all the listeners out there for, uh, you know, uh, doing right by each other and helping out and, and serving. So uh, thank you again for having me. I just had a blast. Thanks so much again, Ravi, for your service and for your optimism and for sharing the lessons from both your mom and from President Biden. And for Bhaukaka, Rajan Mama, Karen, Srikant Mama, and Onkar, my hands are always folded in thanks and appreciation. Till next time, I'm Abhay Dandekar. Because every story told is a lesson learned. Because every lesson learned is a story waiting to be told. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and I share stories about South Asian people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Hear it every Monday, Tuesday on Ruckus Avenue Radio or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is Madhurani. Listen to Ruckus Avenue Radio at dashradio.com and download the Dash Radio app for complete access 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to our station.